Hi, and welcome to Resurrection Church, where Dr. Joseph G. Matera is the senior pastor and presiding bishop. We are committed to serving our community and the community abroad. We pray that the word you are about to hear will be a blessing to your life and that you allow the Holy Spirit to open your heart and receive what the Lord is speaking to you. Good morning, everyone. Worship was amazing. Felt like someone cut onions under my seats. Uh, Just the presence of God and just understanding the love of God just puts you in that place of uh, just, you know, adoration. You just admire how much God loves us, right? Uh, So amazing. But I'm excited this morning. I uh, am excited to share this message that um, I believe that's going to um, help us to look at the priorities in our life differently after today. It's something that me and my family personally went through. And I believe it will be encouraging to each and every one of us in this room, those who may be online watching or even listening later on. The topic I chose to speak on was crisis. And some of you guys may know it as obstacles or challenges, right? But I believe it's important to touch on this topic because it's something that we all have faced, we are facing probably right now, or we will face when we leave this building. And the reason I'm standing here is because I want to testify of God's faithfulness. I want to testify that without Jesus at the center of your life, in crisis, in challenges, you'll find yourself in a pattern, right? You'll be going in circles, trying to find things out in your own ability, trying to work some sort of victory out. But I I want you guys to listen carefully. I personally believe without love, faith, obedience onto Christ, Victory, the victory that we seek in life and the challenges we face will never be possible. And I believe that we need to understand that it's through, only through the obedience of God, right, we get to experience the fullness of God. How many know, if you uh, ever watched a basketball game or a football game or a concert at home, anyone ever watched a basketball game, some sporting event at home? Right. Now, when you go to this game physically, when you go to the arena, you go to the stadium, you go to the music event, is it the same experience you get when you watch it at home? Not the same experience. And that's the thing. Seeing the hands of God move is different from experiencing the hands of God move. There's a huge difference. Many times we let the experience of God slip by us by seeing it through the lens of someone else's life. You see, God calls us to be partakers of his kingdom. He didn't call us to be bystanders. So if you're seeing it through the lens of someone else's life, there's no way that you can experience the fullness of God. And there's no way that you can experience the faithfulness of God. And there's no way you can experience the power of God. It is only when you're in the presence of God, you can experience the fullness of God. So with that, my objective for us today is for us to see that Jesus himself argues why we shouldn't live as anxious and unstable people. He advocates for us. Don't be anxious, people. Don't be nervous, people. Don't worry. And he gives reasons why we shouldn't live in this such posture because it alters our priorities. Getting distracted alters our focus, which causes us to lose focus on who God is. If you're here for the first time or... You've maybe walked away from Jesus. Or you're listening to this for the first time. I want to let you know, I believe that through praying, I'm trusting and obeying that God is going to move in a radical way. So I believe today is going to be a day of new declaration, a day of intentionality, a day of commitment, and a day of recommitment. I believe God is going to move in a great way. 
And this might sound strange to some of us who have our Bibles at home that has some dust on it. Or this might be something that we are aware of, right? But I love how nowhere in the Bible does it say, hey, listen, if you follow me, all your problems will go away. If you follow me, this will be a smooth sailing. The moment you say you accept Jesus as your Lord, your life is smooth. Or you might say, hey, if you follow me, you know those infinity stones you're looking for? You'll get all of them. And you'll be like Thanos. No, this is, this is not rea- this, that's not reality. We live in the real world. And in the real world, life is unpredictable. We will be challenged at times. Not if, but I'm here to let you know we will be challenged at different times of our lives. It's inevitable. But what's not inevitable is a reminder from God, right? Christ promised us. He said, in this world, you will have tribulations. You will stumble. You will fall. You will be attacked. But he said, take heart. I have overcome the world. So if you've, if you've been in a pattern trying to find out, find out life your own, you're in these challenges on your own, trying to get this done on your own, there's a reason why God sent you in here this morning. Because he wanted to let you know it's only through him, only through faith, that you can overcome the crisis that you're facing in life. It would happen on your own. And in Isaiah 54, 17, God made a promise to the nation of Israel, right? He said, no weapon formed against them as a nation will succeed. And that same promise God declares over each and every one of you in this room, each and every one of you watching online, each and every one of you listening. It's a reminder that no matter what life throws at you, regardless of how big or how small the situation may be in your life, or it may seem, or the ones you're facing right now, God is calling us to prioritize our life into submission onto Jesus. Without submission, we'll be trying to do this in our own will. In some, without submission, God would be a secondary thing in our lives. See, through this act of obedience and faith, that is the only the time we can see the power of God, the faithful of God, the power of God revealed in our lives. So why is this all important? Why am I sharing this today? So me personally, this hits me a lot, right? Because a few years ago, I, had, um, I tore a ligament in my right wrist playing a flag football game. And um, I had a surgery. Christine and I, we went to New Jersey, got surgery, stood a few days in the um, hospital or whatever, right? And I remember waking up in the, like that, that, that room you wake up after you get surgery. And I was barely awake. I don't know if it was just the exhaustion, the morphine, whatever it is. But I remember Christina talking to some of the nurses there. And they were talking about something, about pregnancy. And I don't know if I was hallucinating. I'm like, pregnancy? This is about me. This is not about her now, you know? So I don't know what the situation was. So I'm like, she's always stealing my spotlight, right? <laughs> so this is my hand. I just got surgery. But um, so we, I woke up, and uh, I, remember, I remember her talking about it. I, I was sure that she was speaking about it, right? So as we were coming home, a good friend of mine, Rich, he came, picked us up in New Jersey, and we were driving home. On our way driving home, we went to CVS. We picked up a pregnancy test because I was not hallucinating. It was real. She was actually having a conversation. So we got home, and she, uh, we, we, we ended up, because we were trying to have a child for the first time. We were trying for a year, and nothing, nothing. So we said, hey, let's take this test. So she took the test, and it came back that she was pregnant, and that's with Jonah. 
our first child. Now, I remember her coming to me, and she's like, hey, um, you know, uh, I'm pregnant, but I was in so much pain. I was super excited. I was happy. Uh, but when she came to me, I was just like, oh, okay. Like, I was in so much pain. I was just numb. And she was like, to this day, she tells me, you never reacted nice when, Jonah was, when we got pregnant with Jonah. And I was like, babe, I was in pain. But that had happened. So I got out of surgery, found out that we were having a child. A few weeks later, a company that I was with for um, about eight years, right, they called me. They're like, hey, your position is in high demand, and, you know, you need to come back to work. And this was like maybe like three weeks after the surgery. And with me, if anyone knows me, I, I was raised with a mentality to go get yours, uh, the mentality that by any means mentality, right? So I said, hey, let me go. I'm going to try to get back to work. And right away, Christina's like, no, you're not going to work. I'm like, I'm not going to work. I said, listen, I have responsibility to have to provide for you, and we have a child coming on the way. What am I going to do? And she said, we just got to trust God. See, sometimes God's timing can be so uncomfortable. God brings things in our life, but it's so uncomfortable. But I promise you, and I'm testifying that when you stay the course, it is so rewarding. So I found myself, I now have to prioritize, hey, what are we going to do financially? Uh, we have bills, uh, I have to take care of you still, and I have a child coming on the way. What are we going to do? And auto- automatically, we were like, hey, listen, these are the most important things in life. So first thing we're going to do, the only thing that always comes to our mind when, when it comes to money is tithing. So I said, we're not going to stop tithing. We're going to continue tithing. Also, we were uh, given into uh, vision funds. I said, we're not going to stop giving vision funds either because the seeds that we're sowing is beyond our understanding. There's going to be relationships that we're going to see later on that happened only because of our faithfulness financially. So we kept giving as if I still had a job, the same exact amount, but I didn't have a job. But let me tell you, God showed up mightily. Mightily. I remember families uh, were calling us and said, hey, uh, you know, God put this in our hearts and uh, here's this check. And I was just like, whoa, that's mind blowing, you know. Uh, But it's encouraging because it reminds you that, yes, God is faithful. And when you don't when you least expect it, he shows up. We would come to service and families were just pouring out blessings on blessings on blessings. And I was just like, wow, that's amazing. In the midst of it, was I anxious? Absolutely. I was worried. I was nervous. But the peace of God came over me. And that's when I shifted my perspective from my job being the source of my provision to God. And many of us are living in that place where allowing the job, we're allowing friends, we're allowing people to be the source of our provisions, neglecting the very presence of God. And God said that we will have tribulations, but it's only through him that we would have victory. I had to shift my perspective to understand that God is the beginning and the end. He's the alpha and the omega. He's the first and the last. He's the God that supersedes nature. He goes beyond time and fight battles you don't even know it's coming your way. And it's only through your obedience you can see the victory of those battles that are coming. It is only through the obedience you get to see the faithfulness of God. And there's a lot of us listening and in this room right now who are struggling to get by life. We're going to get personal. Some of us are working two or three jobs, right? And these jobs are, are not, they're distracting us from being active in our church community. We prefer to go to work than to come to a church community and develop our, our wisdom, our life, and be discipled in the presence of Christ. 
Because we're so focused on the provision, right? We forget the giver that gave the provision. We're stressed out. Man, how am I going to, you know, put groceries in the fridge and looking at the news, you're like, man, how am I going to put gas in my car? It's been crazy, you know? How am I going to pay my, my rent at the end of this month or the mortgage? But you see what happens is due to our lack of faith and disobedience, we begin to worry. And that worry causes us to doubt God's love for us. And through that doubt, it opens the door for anxiety to come in. And the anxiety affects our state of mind, which tends to distract us on focus on God's kingdom to focus on the challenges of life. Remember when, if there's a story, if you're not familiar with it, Jesus' disciple Peter, he was in a boat and God called him out of the boat, right? And he was actually walking on water because he had his eyes fixed on God. But the moment he took his eyes off of God and he looked at the things of the world, he sunk. And it's a reminder to us that it's only when we fix our eyes on God, it's only when we walk in the presence of God, we can do miraculous things. But I want to ask you guys a question, and don't, please don't answer me. It's your heart. This is, all, this is between you and God. This is not about the guy here up on the stage. It's not about what he's saying, but it's about your presence, God's presence right now in you. So ask yourself this question. What makes you anxious? What is it in life that's making you anxious even right now or before you came in these doors? And what is it about finances that has you up all night stressed out? Better yet, why are you allowing it? As a child of God, as a son and daughter of God, why are you allowing it? Better yet, we're going to look at Matthew 6, 24 through 34. We're going to see Jesus arguing why we should not live in such posture. Because he's the king of all kings. He's given us victory. And I hope today we'll see this and walk in it. So let's read uh, Matthew 6, 24. It says, no one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other. Or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. You cannot serve God and money. To give some context to the entire verse, it's important to understand that Jesus was talking to his disciples. There were a lot of people around, but he was relaying a message to those who were following him and possibly those who wanted to know who this guy, Jesus of Nazareth, was. And I love how in every, every aspect of the Bible, right, I love how Jesus is straight to the point. He's not a guy that, you know, he's not going to tell you something. And no, he's telling you straight to the point. He opens up in an argument. He says that no one can serve both God and money at the same time. And it's important for us to understand. He's not saying, hey, listen, you can't have luxurious things. He's not saying that everyone who believes in God should be poor. No, he's not even saying you can't be rich. He's not saying that. What I do believe he's saying that a person who truly serves God That person will not prioritize or establish their life around wealth. Wealth would not be your fuel. It would not be your fire. Instead of of that, I believe he's saying money to someone who believes is just another tool given by God to be used for his kingdom. He provides the finances for us, and yet we hold on to it and say, I'm not even giving this away. But it's a tool that he's given to us to expand the kingdom of God. That person that sowed the seed was the reason you're here. And we're called to do the same. 
And some people might say, I'm not going to give the church my money. They're crazy. I have my own bills. Again, gas is insane. I'd rather fill my gas tank. There's no way I'm going to put money into that basket. They always say you got to give like five, 10%. I wouldn't even give five. I'd probably throw like a $5 in there, but that's it. To be honest, right? But my question to that person is, how are you prioritizing your life? What is, the, what is the most important thing in your life? Will you put trust in God? Would you obey God? Would you put his kingdom first? Or will you cling on to the things of this world, living in disobedience towards God? Again, I don't want you guys to answer this to me, but this is between you and God. We're going to continue verse 25 through 26. And it says, therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is life not more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They, know, they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more value than they? So Jesus is arguing with us. He's arguing with us. Is life not more than food and the body more than clothing? Isn't it more than just that? Isn't that life more than just that? It is, but there's times we're caught up in what we wear, what we're looking like, right? And we forget about the purpose that God created us for. It's not to wear the best designer clothing. It's to be a representation of him. He said, look at the birds of the air. They don't have a process of storage. They don't sow nor reap, but yet I feed them. I'm the one that provides for these birds. Are you not more value than they? If God is willing to provide for birds, right, that are seeking daily for food, how much more would he provide for you who are made in his image? You are image bearers of Christ. You're sons and daughters of Christ. How much more would he provide for you? So he says, don't be anxious. But we got to understand, God is not saying, hey, listen, you shouldn't earn money. No, you need to provide for your families. He's not telling us that we should not save for the future. Saving is great. It's a smart thing to do. But what he is saying is that we should take control of what's going on in our minds, our heart, and the challenges we face. Because if we pursue money in a way to just get more, 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 we'll eventually cut ourselves off from the dependency of God. We'll cut ourselves off from the dependency of God and we'll fix our eyes on the finances. We'll fix our eyes on the things of the world, which is gone tomorrow. It's here today and it's gone tomorrow. You buy a car, it loses value the moment you drive it off the lot. It loses its value. The only thing that, ha- that sustains its value is the goodness of God. The value of God doesn't change. God has given you victory and that victory doesn't change. It is the same. He has given you victory and that's it. Materials come and go, but the presence of God is everlasting. It's eternal. So where would we choose to invest our lives? In the presence of God or in this world? Worship was so amazing. The love of God, the love of God just had me in tears and reminded me that the steadfast love of the Lord is better than life itself. We are not, we are not to seek God to get provisions This is not a relationship with God is not a, hey, I'm going to come to church and sing a few times, maybe shed a few tears and he's got to hook me up. That's not how it works with God. 
We are called to worship God, to truly worship, to honor God, to obey God, to put trust in him. Why? Because his son redeemed us from the power of darkness to the power of light. He hung on a cross for the salvation of man. Jesus is the very essence of life. He's so caring. He's concerned. Without you even knowing, he loves you. He calls you the apple of his eyes. It is only in him, church, it's only in him can we overcome the challenges that we're facing right now. The battles that you're dealing with right now, it is only through the power of Christ can you overcome them. You've been in the pattern for a long time. You find yourself going in circles. You feel like a hamster. Like, where am I going? I'm right here. But it's only in a submission of Christ can you see victory in your life. And he brought you in this room this morning with the same challenge you're dealing with because he wants to move. And that's why I believe there's going to be uh, declarations this morning. There's going to be a recommitment this morning. There's going to be new people confessing the power of Christ this morning. I'm someone, I'm testifying to you because I've lived almost 20 years in desolation and isolation and confusion. And I want to let you guys know a life of Christ is a life of peace. It's a life of victory and glory. I can celebrate this morning. The reason I come up here and testify and talk, I was never a church guy growing up. I never desired to go to church. I laughed at people that went to church. But I can testify this morning that I've tasted, I've seen, and I know that God is good. He predestined it. He predestined it. He called each and every one of you for a specific purpose and plan. And it's only when you submit to him, you can walk in it. I never had this desire. I never had this plan. But through my submission, I'm able to see the fulfillment of the plan that he purposed before you. Even while you're in your mother's womb, he declared a purpose and a plan. Let's go to verse 27 through 33. And it says, which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? Again, he says it. I think he said this about nine times. He said, and why are you so anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. A quick note, please understand, it does not make you a bad person if you get anxious. That's not a bad thing. Every time a bishop would text me, Pastor Mike would text me, they were like, hey, we want you to minister on this day. I get anxious. I get nervous to speak in front of people. I'm like, "Uh, there's no way, right? There's no way I can do that. Everyone gets anxious. Everyone, pastors, uh, doctors, nurses, police officers, firefighters, everyone gets anxious, right? Anxiety is a natural human response, especially when we're wondering how to provide for our families or when it comes to money. But the important thing is that, and we should not, we're not called to live in that place of fear or anxiety. Instead, we're called to live in obedience onto Christ. When fear comes for me, regarding public speaking, you know, Bishop would ask me, and I'm like, oh, man, I got to go speak in front of everyone. Everyone, I'm like, wow, I don't know how that's going to go, you know. But there's a reminder. There's a God, God's promise. I, re, I, I just meditate on it. And he says, greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. Yeah. 
I remind myself, I'm not doing this in my own will. I'm not doing this because, you know, this is something that I'm good at. No, I'm doing this because of the goodness of God. He's working through me. This is not something that I can do in my own will. He's the one that's working through me. He's the one testifying through us. And these are the very promises of God that keeps us afloat. That's why it's important to read your Bible. If you don't read your Bible, you would never understand the promises of God. Listening to me, listening to your YouTube sermons, that's not enough. Get in a life group. Get in a, get in a body of people where they're meditating on the word of God daily. They're meditating on the God weekly because it's the promise of God that keeps you alive. You can't stand on someone else's victory. You'll never stand. What's your foundation? What he said or she said? No, your foundation has to be the word of God. And it is only through the word of God you can stand strong. Our response as Christians in crisis should be to seek God. We should run to dad. When you come face to face with fire, you should run to dad. He can quench it. When you're in the valleys, run to God. When you're in the mountaintop, run to God. Don't let him be a secondary thought. We should be praying daily. We should be seeking God. We should be worshiping him. And to be honest, each and every one in this room are dealing with something today. And I mean, this very moment we're dealing with something, a decision to make, a relationship that didn't go well, financially things are not going well, the job isn't working out, I want to quit, but I'm not sure. Each and every one is going through something right now. And God is saying, I'm going to take care of you. And even though our definitions are completely different from what we're reading, you know, clothing and so forth, I want you guys to be reminded, right, or this is your first time hearing, the God we serve is the same God that parted the Red Sea for Moses and the Israelites. The God that we serve is the same God that shut the mouths of lions when Daniel was in the den. The God we serve is the same God that empowered a little boy. There was a great army of men, but he empowered a little boy to slay a giant. It was because the power of God, that little boy understood who God was. He understood who his father was. He had an intimate relationship with God. And because of that intimacy, he was able to walk in the power of God. It was because of his identity. He knew who God was and he knew what God was capable of. It's important to understand that there's no need or obstacle in your life that can stop God from displaying his power. Whatever situation that you came into this room with, that situation is a liar. God is greater than that situation. God is more powerful than that circumstances. God is greater than the obstacle. He desires to move powerfully through you, but it's only when you bring yourself to a place of submission. And without faith, it's impossible. Without faith, it's impossible. There's no way we can serve the king of all kings without faith, without obedience, and without trust. So choose today to trust in a God that has already given you victory. It's up to you to see it. But only in him will it be revealed. We're going to go through verse 30 to 32, 33. It says... But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which, is today, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, 
Oh, you of little faith. Therefore, do not be anxious, anxious, saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things. And your heavenly Father knows that, knows that all you need, them, all, need, you need them all. But first, seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added. Therefore, again, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. I can see Jesus like, yo, you don't, you don't believe me, huh? Oh, you have a little faith. You, you, don't, you look at your circumstances and you think that's big? You don't believe me. You, don't, you must not know who I am, huh? He declares, he says, I am the Alpha and the Omega. I am the one who speaks and the very winds and the waves obey me. It doesn't lightning or thunder without my permission. That's the God we serve. Therefore, those of us who cause God Father, worry is never a proper response in life. It's never a proper response. We need to understand this, and this is why it's important, again, to read your Bible. It's important to understand the history of who you are, the history of your representation. We are products of the fall through Adam and Eve. So our human nature convinces us to fear and have anxiety. But that's not how God designed us to live. But because of the fall, we live with this response. And if this sounds unrealistic that you're not supposed to live with anxiety and fear, I'm glad. Because our God is a miraculous God. He's a, he does the impossible through those who are deemed unqualified. So if you're in this room, you're listening, and someone has called you unqualified, you look at yourself and you don't think you're capable of anything, guess what? God sees you powerful. God desires to move through you. God desires for you to shift this nation by using you. But it's only when you understand who you are in him. This is the level of confidence God wants his children to have, right? He wants us to understand who our heavenly father is. He's not like any other male figure that we've encountered here on earth. And yes, some of us have encountered people and has tainted our understanding of what a man is. So when you hear heavenly father, you could get distorted. But he's not like any other man. He wasn't born of this world, right? God is the king of all kings. His definition of truth through his redemptive love would never let you down. His redemptive love will never let you down. Without you understanding, without you saying, hey, listen, God, you know, he chased after you. His love chased it after you first. It was not something that you initiated, but he did. Even after he knew that, hey, guess what? They don't love me. I love them first. And it's through that that we understand the fullness of God. The Bible said that faiths come by hearing and hearing the word of God. So in the midst of our situations, we should be people that are worshiping God. Worshiping God. And yes, not only by singing songs, right? But we need to pour our hearts out to God. Some of us have locked our hearts in a cage and we've thrown away the key. But God says, release it today. He desires to speak to your heart. He desires to know the child in you that's scared, that's afraid. He knows everything about you. 
He desires that you would confess it before him. Healing can only come when you speak it. Freedom can only come when you speak it. And guess what? You don't have to fight. You just have to surrender. You just have to surrender. And he does it all for you. Through your obedience, he does it all for you. The Bible is so easily accessible. We have it in our phones. The amount of hours we're on social media, we can spend 10 minutes listening to, listening to the word of God. You don't even have to read it. If you, intellectually, if you're not there, you can listen to it. And then you'll pray to get intellectually there and he'll give you that wisdom. He'll give you that understanding. You'll become a scholar. That's who our God is. We're not called to live in constant worry that God may not show up. That's not the posture he wants us. God wants his people to serve him out of sincerity, out of obedience and devotion. And we never need to convince God of anything that he needs to do for us. He knows our needs. He just commands us to seek first his kingdom and righteousness, which means we're called to live in an ongoing position of repentance. We're to live constantly in repentance of sins. We're called to prioritize God's kingdom and his people first. The people in this community and out of, the, out of our communities can only be reached when we prioritize our lives against God, around God's kingdom. We are called as ambassadors. We're called as soldiers. We've been equipped. We have to stop letting the gun just go to rust. He's given us military weapons. But yet, we choose to fight it on social media. We choose to use it on social media instead of impacting our communities, instead of serving in our communities, instead of seeing lives change. we rather have a verbal debate. So are we really seeking God first in everything, or is he just a backup? Hey, you know what? She didn't come through for me, man. He didn't come through for me. Ah, uh, let me go check God. But yet still his love is there for you even in that. As a believer, there should be a difference in our attitude towards God and the things of this world. We should not treat God like we treat the world. He's called us to be set apart. So as I begin to close, there's a verse that I love. It's in Philippians 4 verse 6. It says, do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. When we look outside, we look at the news, the world is crazy right now. The world seems like it's upside down right now. And there's so much anxiety and fear going on in the world, right? But Paul instructs us, he says, you're not called to fight on social media. You're not called to fight your brothers and sisters. No, you're called to see God through prayer. Yeah. Supplication and thanksgiving. When we seek God, that's when the peace of God will come upon us. So ask yourself this question. Do you truly know God? If you find yourself in an anxious place, you're always worrying, constantly allowing fear to come in. Do you truly know God? Because to know God is to have the peace of God, to be freed from the things that allows the same anxiety and fear. To know God is to walk in the authority and power of God. To know God is to see a situation that comes and says, I will not fear. 
I will not worry. I will not doubt. I know who fights for me. In him, I am made strong. The second question is, how often are you trying to control the narrative of your own life? I know what's best for me. I know what I need to do. How can you say that about the, and the one who designed you, he created you. God created you with a certain plan and a certain purpose. He's the author of life. You're familiar with authors? They write books, right? God is the author of life. He has written the book of your life. He has designed and fashioned you on what he called you to do in this world. And it's only through him can you walk out that fullness of your calling. Only through Christ can you walk out the fullness of your calling. Only through Christ can you walk out what he designed and fashioned you to be. And he calls you conquerors. He says, fear not, for I am with you. Be be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. God desires to strengthen you. It's not in your own strength. We're weak. We're weak. We're weak. Without him, we're nothing. Only in him, we have strength. So it's important to notice two things, right, about these scriptures that we read. First, Jesus is not promising his followers that God would provide lavish lifestyles. He's not saying that. But God is saying that he will meet our needs. And we need to understand that need is always in the context of God's will for your lives. Always in the context of God's will. God will give us what we need to honor his plans. And it's not going to be the want that you desire to make you feel comfortable, but it's what you need for his kingdom. And Jesus commanded all of us to call God their savior. All of us that says, man, I love God. He's saying, don't be anxious. Right now, don't be anxious. What you're going through, don't be anxious. What you're dealing with, don't be anxious. Don't worry. Don't worry about the basic needs of your life. Why? Because I will provide for you. He knows what you really need to accomplish his purpose. We shouldn't worry about our future. Shouldn't have to worry about it. Tomorrow, battles will be tomorrow battles. The battle to trust God is right now. That's why you're here. The battle to trust God is right now. Am I going to give it to God or am I going to keep finding myself in a pattern? Am I going to let it go or am I going to try in my own will to do this? Today has plenty of trouble. Jesus commands us to focus on trusting him moment by moment. So as you reflect on this message, how will you respond? Will you have new declarations? Will you make new commitments? Or will you go back to what is comfortable? Let's stand. There may be some of us who are not familiar with who this Jesus of of Nazareth is. Or there may be some of us that want to recommit our lives to God. And I want to let you know, God, the moment we started worshiping, even before you worship, the presence of God was in this room. And there's many of us, I'm going to pray that God would give you courage and boldness this morning to come out of that place of being stagnant, come out of that place of being defeated, come out of that place of shame, come out of that place of doubt, 
and walk in his victory. There's victory in this room for each and every one of us. It's up to you to make the decision to come before him, confess, and allow his power to break those bondages around you. So, Father, I thank you for your power. I pray that you would move mightily, God, in every heart. God, I pray that there'll be confession this morning, God, that there'll be declarations this morning, God. Father, move, oh God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. We pray that you were blessed by this word. For more information about our church, please visit our website at resurrectionchurchofny.com or give us a call at 718-436-0242. And be sure to follow us on Instagram at ResChurchNYC. Take care and God bless.